championship blue. And Marquette has won the national championship. Go research how many schools have a national championship. It is hard as can be to win one of those suckers. Championship Blue with Kevin Wells and Brian D. Last time I looked at the dictionary, my name's Brian D. What's your name? Brian Fantana. Brian? Kevin attempted to try out for the team before figuring out the media was where he belonged. <sighs> Man, not that great at basketball, guys. Not that great. Two Marquette grabs from two different eras. Trying to avoid the upset. Blue to draw the left hand. A team of Marquette guys talking Marquette hoops. A team should be an extension of your personality, and my teams are thoroughly obnoxious and arrogant. Championship Blue with Brian D. and Kevin Wells on Wisconsin On Demand. Back at it again. Podcast number two, two weeks in. And Brian, I don't know if I'd be saying this, but I stole your look. What do you mean you stole my look? I've been wearing knit hats to Radio City the last couple of weeks with the little beanie on there. I saw you doing it. It's cold out, and I get really cold in the wintertime, and I stole your look. So I hate being freezing, so living in Wisconsin is a hell of a place to, to decide to live. Um, but the nice part about being on radio is you don't have to look good every single day. So you're right. I have been rocking the beanie caps over the last couple of weeks, even during shows. Like I just got my little earbuds to plug in so it doesn't even mess with going yeah. over the headset too much. But as I can see right now in our fans camp, because it's it's a podcast— <laughs> Um, you're rocking the headset right over the beanie cap. It keeps your, your noggin warm and you're off and running. So it's a good look, especially in the wintertime. Yeah, and you grew up on the East Coast. You're used to the weather, too. I, totally. I grew, up, grew, up in, uh, grew up in the cold weather, but yeah, I thought, uh, thought I'd give you the compliment. I like the look, and I I'm, I'm going to rock it through the rest of the wintertime. You can dress it up a little bit, too. Like My fiancé got me this, like, I'm wearing one right now. It's like a fancy J. Crew kind of beanie, almost like a high-end. I feel kind of bougie, like New York City type of uh <laughs> type of knit cap here. Um, the other nice part about it, too, is when you wake up as early in the morning as I do for Wisconsin's Morning News on WTMJ, I don't have to worry about like necessarily showering or doing my hair in the morning if you just throw the beanie on, so it's all good. There you go, man. It works. You do kind of look like a New York City... Uh you know, a guy who'd be on the street corner listening to jazz. and I appreciate that. That's, that's a kind of a good transition being uh, in for the fact that the Big East tournament will be in New York City this year. Big East play just started God, you're a pro. for the Golden Eagles. Look at that. My second time doing this. And Nicely we're, we're, done. We're right into it. Man, we've had a couple of really nice weeks for this Marquette team. Holy I think smokes. I, I think better than we would have expected coming into this year with just a completely new roster and a completely new you know, regime, pretty much. We're just looking at a team that had a bunch of new pieces and had to work out a bunch of stuff. And two top ten wins in two weeks to show for it. What a start. I, I, it's been awesome. I, I can't tell you, like, that Wisconsin game, I, man, that was that was a Cavs game. Yeah. That and, was a Cavs game. And, I would have been at Cavs afterwards. We will uh, – I would have been at Cavs. Um I actually went out for a beer after that game. I did. I was on the, <laughs> I was on Wojo's post game presser via Zoom, yeah. and as soon as I hung up with Wojo and Justin Lewis and the whole squad that talked, I'm like, you know what? It's it just be Wisconsin. I'm going out for a beer, so I found the uh, the the closest local tap and had a cold one to celebrate, which was a lot of fun. Um, but you're right. I don't think anybody saw this coming. Two top ten wins in the first two weeks of the season, and the reason for it, Kevin, is because we didn't know what to expect out of this Marquette team, and nobody should have known what to expect because. Mm-hmm. When you lose the all-time scorer in the history of the program, things are going to have to be reshuffled everywhere. 
because your identity was one thing and now it can't be that thing anymore. And we didn't know what the identity was going to be. And through two weeks, I think you would agree with me and we'll get to the Creighton game. We'll get to UW as well a little bit later in the pod. Um, I think the identity is very, very positive at this point. I know it sounds basic because they're winning big basketball games, but the look of this Marquette team is better than it has been since the Hauser brothers left. And it's a defensive one, too. Which exactly I, that, right. that, That's something I'm going to point to, is heading into this Creighton game, they were underdogs, obviously. Creighton's one of the better teams in the Big East. There's, you know, they got a lot of great talent on that team. But defensively, Marquette, they're one of the best defensive teams. They had the highest defensive-rated metric in the Big East headed into this game, and the worst offensive metric. Yep. Just a completely different change. We've never seen that under the Wojo regime. That's just not something that we've ever seen before, and I think that that was a storyline headed into this year with, that goes along with it. It's interesting. For sure. And it, it's funny, last uh, last night, too, as we record this, the day after the Creighton game, um, that they still had to score 89 points to win that game. So it's not like they're just playing defense and trying to scrape out 52 to 49 wins. They can score if they need to score. Now, it, it hasn't been that way Every single night. Like, I think about the loss to, to UCLA, and they only score 60 points, and that was more of a defensive and rebounding type of battle where turnovers got back into the equation, which is not something you want from Marquette. It's been a bugaboo for too long. But the encouraging part about the Creighton game to me is we saw the defense perform really well up until that game. Uh, and then against Creighton, when they had to score points in bunches to win the basketball game down the stretch, they were able, they were able to do that as well. They can win in different styles. Yeah, and I, touching on the UCLA game real quick, I just think of the first couple of games of the year, I wanted really to develop one thing. Was I was looking for one thing in particular, and that was who was going to step up offensively. DJ Carton stepped up offensively um, in that game. We, we've seen now Kobe McEwen step up. He was their, He's been their leading scorer this year. But we finally saw in this Creighton game, we finally saw a balanced offensive attack. Yep. We saw multiple dudes in double figures. Pretty much every starter was in double figures. Five players, yep. yeah. Yeah. That, again, when's the last time you've seen a Marquette team with all five starters in double figures? It's been a long time. Uh, yeah. And I just think with a complete balanced attack against Creighton was the reason. You're right. Putting up 89 points on a team that's usually pretty solid defensively, love shooting the three. They're, they shoot more threes than pretty much any team in the country. Yep. You had, to, you had to fight and scrap and claw and shoot shots and make them at the end of the game. And you saw that with Carton, who was clutch again. Huge. He and was awesome. He was amazing, and he has been since being inserted into the starting lineup ahead of the Wisconsin game, which is terrific. He's been carrying the, uh, a large portion of the offensive onus, not just shooting the ball and driving to the rim, but also dishing off to his bigs when he gets to the rack. Um, and you know the big adjustment, adjustment Marquette made against Creighton was – Creighton was doing exactly what they wanted to do for the first half of that game last night. It was shooting threes in bunches. I think they were 9 for 20 from three-point range in the first half. They shot the lights out, which I expected going in. In the second half, there was a a defensive adjustment made, which was awesome. They didn't allow Creighton to shoot threes anymore. And the offense took over, and you're right, it was a balanced attack. It wasn't just DJ. Dawson Garcia scored 12 points in the second half against Creighton, and a lot of them were... Not just back to the rim kind of bunnies like we've seen early portions uh, of the season. Um, Dawson was driving from the outside, making strong moves to the rack, which was awesome. I was also so, 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 so freaking happy for Greg Elliott watching oh my him God, last man. night. I was just about to touch on that, too. Dude, that kid has been through so much in his time at Marquette from an injury perspective. He's missed so, so much time. And to see him, you could tell. 
He was having a blast. He was having more fun than anybody in the arena last night, knocking down threes, getting putbacks. I mean, he was all over the floor. And that could be a huge development for Marquette because this was a kid that got recruited by Tom Izzo at Michigan State for a reason. It's because he's damn good at basketball. Injuries have just they've derailed his collegiate career. So if he can stay healthy and develop into the player that he was recruited to be, that's just another offensive weapon for Wojo to use uh, as Biggie's play continues. Yeah, I mean, Marquette has needed guys to fill the offensive category of three-point shooting. They've needed to fill that role. Elliott didn't miss a three last night against Creighton. He was, awesome. he was four of four. It he was, was awesome. awesome. Carton was nailing threes, five of seven. I mean, I, I mean, this was the biggest thing for me headed into this conference play was who is going to be the alpha on offense? We talked about it in the initial podcast. Who is going to shoot the three in buckets? Who's going to be the guy to take it down the stretch? I didn't think, I didn't even really think about Greg Elliott. And now it's like, well, now you got to think about it, and well, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled is, for them. They, they don't need to have one alpha on this team, as we've talked about. They have multiple guys that can make big shots in big moments, and that's going to lead to big-time success, you would hope, over the course of a 20-plus a game Big East season. Yeah, and, and I, I would agree. I, I think just clutch threes, and we just saw it all from them last night. We saw a complete balanced attack, offensive, defensive, it was one of the more fun Marquette games. They've now played, I, I would argue, the two most exciting games in college basketball this year have been played by the Golden Eagles. It's very possible, and, and that's, that, that is a good sign for us as Marquette fans going forward that regardless of result, we'll probably have some exciting basketball games for the next couple of months. And boy, oh boy, do we deserve it after missing sports for the better part of this summer this year. So we talked about the top 10 win in Creighton last night. Now we'll talk about a game that probably, it, it's not going to mean as much as a Big East win, but for the heart of Marquette Nation, you talk about a defining win and a defining moment and a guy who is now cemented in Marquette lore as a freshman. Mm. So many different storylines from this game. And man, a Friday night, you should have heard... Oh, we had we had a couple people over. You should have heard our apartment blow up after that tip. Yeah, I think I almost got evicted. Of course, we're talking about the win over the Wisconsin <laughs> Badgers a couple of weeks ago. The fourth-ranked Wisconsin Badgers and Justin Lewis getting the tip in at the buzzer. Um, I think actually, you know, I, I disagree with you there, Kevin. I think this is going to be the game that if Marquette has the type of season that bleeds deep into March that we're all hoping for, this is going to be the game we look back at and say that was really effing important because. As we talked about in our first segment here on Championship Blue of the pod today, um, we didn't know what this team was going to be coming into 2020 and 2021. When you lose Marcus Howard, the identity has to be completely restructured and shifted. And that is going to be the game that I look back to in March, if Marquette makes it that far, where I go, that was the moment where they began to believe in themselves. They believed that by being a top five team in the country, top four team in the country, hey, I don't care that Marcus is gone. We can play with anybody. This group we've got here can play with anybody in the country because Wisconsin is that good. Throw rivalry game out the window. Throw no crowd out the window. Throw whatever you want out the window. That is as good of a basketball game as you're going to play against a good of, uh, as good of a team as you're going to see in the country. And they were able to eke it out. And Marquette played well for long portions of that game. And there were moments where it really couldn't. It could have got away from them in the last couple minutes. Like. I mean, my God, Wisconsin scored what looked like a game-winning basket with five seconds left. Yeah, Trice and hitting the three. Well, it was Trice, wasn't it? Or was it a lean forward? It was one I, of those two. I, I, it was, I can't even remember, to be honest with you, because it seemed like there were five or six league-getting buckets in the last 90 seconds of the game. Yeah. And this Marquette team, this unproven Marquette team, still found a way 
to win the damn thing at the buzzer. And I cannot say enough about Justin Lewis. You know, I had an opportunity to talk with him, um, you know, that night and then about a week later for Inside Marquette Basketball. You can check it out on Fox Sports Wisconsin. Um, but I, I just can't say enough about the poise that he showed, not just on the tipping, but throughout the second half of that upset win. I mean, his offensive rebounding is off the charts. Crazy. He, there's two things I'm going to point out about the end of that game. Two seniors, Potter and Trice, and then we're looking at an underclassman. We're looking at Carton, who's a transfer, who, you know, younger kid. And then you're looking at a freshman in Lewis. Two underclassmen beating two seniors on two clutch plays down the stretch. Carton yep. gets the blocking foul, misses his free throw, obviously. But you're talking about he's going at a senior. Yep. That's a risky play, but he saw him off guard, immediately gets right there. That was awesome. Game-changing he play. He, he didn't panic either, too. He knew what kind of time he had. He didn't panic. He didn't throw up a shot as soon as he, as soon as he uh, passed the half-court mark. He understood what he was trying to do there, and it worked. And then, my God, Justin Lewis missing. So, Carton makes the first, which was great, because if he missed the first, everybody in Milwaukee would have had a damn heart attack on the second. Um, But he misses the second, and the poise. Poise is the word. The poise of Justin Lewis to understand that I still have to box out. There's a possibility that he misses, so I need to make sure that I shove Micah Potter, one of the best big men in the country, under the rim and tip this sucker in for the victory as a freshman in his fourth career collegiate game is ridiculous. Just ridiculous, ridiculous poise from an 18-year-old kid. I mean, it was, and if you go back and look, at the actual play, just the straight up, the ability to get inside on a guy like that. Potter's mm. a big dude. Yeah. And I mean, Justin Lewis is a grown man. This dude's playing out of his mind. He's got a college He's basketball body. playing out of his body. mind. And yeah. A lot of it's energy, too, Kevin. Like, it's just want to. Um, re- rebounding is want to. Playing defense is want to, especially at the collegiate level. And he wants to. And it wasn't just that tipping. Like, I think about two or three baskets he scored in the second half against Wisconsin where. The shot clock is going five, four, three, two, and Lewis has the ball in his hands with his back to the basket, and he's like, "No problem. I know what to, I, I know how much time I got. I'm gonna turn around and throw this thing off the glass, get a bucket, and we're gonna go play defense." Like, no, it doesn't break a sweat. It's crazy, and I think a lot of it gets back to the fact that I mean, he played in some big basketball games in high school as well. Um, in Baltimore at Baltimore Poly, he won three state championships. So. He's not a stranger to big basketball games and big moments, but so impressive to see this young kid budding into really a star for the Marquette Golden Eagles early on this season. Yeah, I mean, and time and time again, we just see this rivalry produce immediate, highlight reel, authentic, just moments that we'll, we'll never forget. And Justin Lewis is a freshman to do what he did, and we'll, we'll, everyone will remember the tip in. But the things that you just mentioned are the things that we really need to talk about, and that's down the stretch, you know, Wojo trusting him. Wojo running the offense through him yeah. in the last few minutes of the game was just, it was defining. He's hard to take off the floor, and Marquette's worse when he's not on the floor. Look no further than the loss to UCLA, because early on yeah. in that game, Justin Lewis picks up like three fouls in the first 90 seconds of the game. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but that's not that far off from the truth. I mean, he sat for a long time in the first half there, Kevin, and Marquette suffered as a result of not having him out there, not only offensively, but on, on the glass. Um, so he's he is a key player for Marquette, and I don't know that a lot of people saw that coming into the season. No, and him and Theo work so well together yeah. too. And they there there was just so, to hold a team like Wisconsin to you know the points that they did and under sixty, and you know to that to be a one point win or two point win is 
It's crazy. Like, to hold a team like that that's got a lot of offensive firepower, the defensive anchors that they have, I mean, you you have a complete player in Justin Lewis, and I don't know who I like more. I, I, I can't tell who my favorite freshman is yet out of those two, him and Garcia, but I, Justin Lewis has just been, he, he's exceeded all expectations, and he's cemented in Marquette lore. No doubt. Uh, one more thing from the Wisconsin game before we transition and talk about a couple L's that Marquette has taken in the first couple of weeks of the season. Uh, I loved the arena control, still playing jump around after the buzzer in an empty arena. I love the troll move. I'm all for trolling in any way that I possibly can get it. So that was fantastic. And man, oh man, did the Badger tears I put in my coffee the following morning taste oh, really, really good. Oh, it was great. Oh, it was great. And it, 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 was, it was so funny. We have one of our producers here. Uh, Evan Wataliuson is a huge Badger fan, and you know we're. I have a couple guys. My my good friend Eric Kolbeck, who's the uh, Bucks PR guy. We were we were snapping back and forth and talking about the game, and it's just, you know, obviously Wisconsin's had more success over the last few years. That's what makes these wins so great. Yeah. And what really is going to put Marquette on the map? Because it is a rivalry when you when you think about it. It's a rivalry that's been dominated that's by such crap though from Badger fans. Like, oh, we've had more success recently. Yeah, no crap. You went to back to back Final Fours, but how recently they forget that oh, I was in I was in college this decade, 2010 to 2014. Marquette won eight tournament games in my four years of college. Like they didn't suck. They played in an Elite Eight and three straight Sweet 16s. They won a Big East regular season championship you. this decade. Like they're, they're acting like Marquette hasn't won anything since 2003 when D-Wade was on the team or like even further back than that. No, you guys you guys have sucked since 1977. It's crap. Like The, the short-term memory loss of Wisconsin Badgers fans is nuts to me. Yeah, and who, who's the best pro talent they've put in the league? Right, take that. Sam Decker? <laughs> take that, Wisconsin. So despite the two top 10 wins that we were talking about, and, you know, obviously those are great and they're going to play big roles, you know, come March time and picking where this team's going to end up, there are some things that they need to work on. No question about it. We, we've seen a couple losses now to two high-profile programs with high-profile players. One of them at home, you'd like to see it go a different way. But the other one against UCLA a couple nights ago, it's disappointing because it's a game that you you should you should have had, I thought. Yeah. But I'm not mad about it. I wasn't either. I woke up the next day and I was like, ah, well, uh, okay, whatever. We lost on the road to a team that's probably going to be a tournament team. Oh, yeah. First road trip of the season. West Coast uh, road trip. Like I just think it, you know, it, was, it was good experience for Marquette because especially in this COVID year, you have to get used to travel before the Big East and, and know what your road environment is going to look like. And I just thought it was beneficial to – to get out there and play a good opponent and and take an L um, that y- you played a team that is going to be a tournament team and you have to understand what that level of competition is going to feel like in a place that's not Pfizer for him. So I, I wasn't bothered by the UCLA loss. I wasn't as bothered by the Oklahoma State loss either because of the caliber of players they have. What bothered me more about Oklahoma State was the fact that Marquette turned it over 24 times. Like you just you can't have that. But at the same time, it's a learning moment early in the season that can be corrected, and it, it has been corrected since. Yeah, and I just think with the turnovers was obviously a huge thing. Now in both of their losses, you've seen you, you almost saw 20 turnovers in that Oklahoma State game. You see 24 in this one. But like they corrected it. Right. They they came back and did the two things that they needed to do. They took care of the ball against Wisconsin, and they shot the three against Wisconsin. Two things they did not do at all in the second half. They didn't have anybody come out against UCLA and be like, I'm going to take, take control 
of the second half in shoot threes. He only had two dudes in double figures. Yep. They were 0 of 11 from three in the second half. It was just an abysmal shooting performance. And, you know, credit UCLA for that one. Well, it, it, it's the same thing that happened. You know, the turnovers and the fouls and the ugly stuff against Oklahoma State, they corrected against Wisconsin. Same thing happened against UCLA. They, they were able to correct it against Creighton. So it, it's not like these are plaguing issues. As long as they can continuously get these things corrected throughout the year, I don't get as concerned. Maybe the other thing that makes me uh, not take the UCLA loss as hard was the fact that we all won because we got to listen to Bill Walton speak for two hours in a row. That was just a treat. I'm so torn on whether or not I like him as an announcer. Oh, you shouldn't be. He was unbelievable. I really, I, I enjoy him I enjoy his his banter and his throwback. The the stuff he was saying about Al McGuire was yeah. awesome. Some oh, of those yeah. stories were phenomenal, and that that part of it's great. Yeah, but I almost would enjoy. And this, this was a big this was a big thing debated on a lot of radio shows over the week. Was when your team is playing, would you like Bill Walton to be calling your game, or would you rather have an announcer who's calling the game? No, call the game? I don't care. I, and I like, think I would. I don't, I don't know if I would want Bill Walton every night, but three times a year, five times a year, I'll take Bill Walton. It's something that makes Gus Johnson special. It's something that makes Bill Raftery special when you get him. It's fun to have those guys a couple of times a year and get a differing perspective on your program, right? Like it's 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 fun to listen to Homer and Tony call the game. But they know the ins and outs of Marquette basketball better than anybody. It's fun to get a differing perspective. And I just, like you said, I enjoyed Bill Walton speaking about his Al McGuire stories and his times coming to Milwaukee and crushing beers at Major Goolsby's, bringing that up on the broadcast of yeah. the Pac-12 Network. Like, that's the value that he brings to a broadcast. I just, I found myself chuckling and smiling every 90 seconds because of something quippy that Bill Walton had to say. Yeah, I, I very much enjoyed that aspect of his of his takes and what he brought to the table. But just for me as a whole... I'm I'm a broadcast guru, and I love I love guys like Benetti, who can keep a broadcast. Just give me the points, articulate it so eloquently. I, I like that almost more than the constant. Well, weird. You know, this happened here, and th- this guy looks like Kareem. That's not. Oh, a, and that's I, not a bad Bill Walton impression, by the way. That wasn't horrible. You liked it? That wasn't terrible. Wow. That I may, didn't say I liked that it, may but have it wasn't been terrible. one of the nicest things I've heard in this industry so far. <laughs> I've only been in it for a couple of years, but I'm going to put that one on my highlight reel. And and this again, this is no shot against Bill Walton cuz he is a very good announcer. He's so unique in what he does. That's the key. And I and you're right. One to two nights a game and cuz we may not hear him call another Marquette game this year. I would doubt it. Right. You know, so th- for that aspect it was great. But I, I just, you know, my my preference, give me guys who are X's and O guys who just I, but yeah, I love Gus Johnson, barbecue chicken. You didn't invite me. That Ohio State call. Unreal. I love. I love Gus Johnson. I love those guys who could bring energy to it. So, but yeah, th- this was a game that I wasn't mad about it. You know, th- the games like this are going to happen. Road losses are going to happen. It was out of conference. It's a Power Five team. I, it's a historic program that's very well coached. They're going to be in the tournament. There's a lot of things that's just like, well, yep. you lost. Pack it in. Get ready for the next one. And and you. you... In the immediate aftermath of both losses so far, you have quickly corrected the issues that led you to those losses. That's a sign of a good basketball team. Right, and the, the last thing I want to touch on is if... The only, the only reason you could be mad about this is because if they win this game, they're probably getting more top 25 votes. Yeah, you know, They're so. just out of the top 25 right now, but it doesn't matter. It's only a couple weeks into the season. Exactly. Like it, it, it doesn't matter yet. Top and, 25 rankings are fun to talk about on radio shows and podcasts, but n- nothing matters until it's Election Sunday. Right, and, I, and, I, and guess what? They're going to be in that mix. Yep. So in our second podcast, 
that we're going through today, we've had a chance, we've had a good sample size now of guys who have come into this program, brand new faces, completely new team, you lose your top two scores, we know all that. But who's been your favorite player? I, there's so many to choose from. This was what John Rothstein tweeted out last night. A completely new Marquette roster. Mm-hmm. They're building equity. This is the mo- most complete team Steve Wojciechowski's put together. And guess what? He's 100% right, and it's so hard to choose who your favorite guy is on this team. I know mine, but who's yours? Oso Igadaro. No, I'm just playing with you. <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, wait, no shot on him. But that's I'm not about. a knock on Oso, by the no. way. He actually came in against UCLA when Marquette was in foul trouble and gave. I wouldn't call them great minutes, but he kept them afloat well enough late in the first half. So it's not a shot at Oso. I think he could be a really good player. Um, the answer to this question is Justin Lewis, and that's not a knock on DJ Carden, who's been terrific, terrific offensively. It's not a knock on Dawson Garcia, who is a freakishly talented dude that is only going to get better and better and better as his collegiate career progresses. But Justin Lewis, impact-wise, on the floor for everything that he does, is not only the most important newcomer, he might be Marquette's most important player. Defensively, with the size and guarding ability that he has, that's huge. The energy and effort on the glass on both ends of the floor is huge. The scoring ability is huge. The poise is huge. He's impossible to take off the floor. And you don't say that about many freshmen, not just at Marquette and in Marquette history, but across the landscape of college basketball. Because even these great players, these one-and-dones, they're only effective in a lot of cases on one end of the floor. Very seldom do they have a well-rounded game like Justin Lewis does this early in his collegiate career. So I'm picking Jay Lou at this point. He's been terrific. Yeah, and shouts to Justin Lewis, Big East Freshman of the Year uh, last week. So congrats to him. That was awesome. Um, I don't think they've released him yet for this week, but uh, he, he's definitely one of the most important players on this Marquette squad. I, I think no, no question about it. They don't win that Wisconsin game without him. No. Um, but I think that not only do they not win the Wisconsin game without him, they're not close against Oklahoma State without him, which is I, I think speaks to just how important he is. That even when you lose, you would have got blown out without this guy on the floor because everybody else was bad. And just, that's where that's a freshman we're talking. Yeah, about. I just love his. You, you talk. You talked about all the ins and outs, but I love his offensive rebounding. Man, just that we haven't seen a rebounder this effective. And this is again no shot on Theo John. He's been hurt. But I haven't seen a rebounder like this on both sides of the ball since Luke Fisher. Yeah, and especially not from the position that Justin Lewis plays. Right, right. It, it's, yeah. It's been a while. And it's been a long time. When Buzz Williams was at Marquette, he liked he always talked about recruiting guys that play on the line between guard and forward. So they're 6'7 or 6'8, they're 215, 220, they've got size, they can guard every position on the floor, they can take guys off the dribble, they can shoot, they can do everything. He used to, like, if you view basketball positions one through five, his perfect player was like a two and a half. Like, that's where he wanted to, to recruit players. So that's why you saw Lazar Haywards and Jimmy Butlers and Jay Crowders. They're all the same guy, right? They're all Justin Lewis. And Justin Lewis can do a little bit of everything, and you haven't seen, getting back to your point, Kevin, you haven't seen guys that can rebound from that position since Jay Crowder or since Jimmy Butler, guys that could do a little bit of everything in college basketball, and not only that, wanted to do a little bit of everything. Justin Lewis fits into that mold. I just love the, the second chance opportunities that he's just provided this team to start the year. They've all been huge. Yeah. I mean, it's just points. 
for a team that struggled to score in the first few games of the season, like, you're right, you would have been blown out in that Oklahoma State game had you not had second-chance points provided from Lewis. And um, he's He's been awesome. Uh, he... I can't say enough about the Wisconsin win and just so many things. He's just an exciting player who he's got a contagious smile. You know, he, he he's a guy you want to root for. I, I'm I'm all in that you like Lewis. He he's close for me, but my, my favorite player is DJ Carton, and okay. he's easily my favorite newcomer. He's easily, in my opinion, the most important player on this team. Why when do you he, say that? When he's not in the game, the ball doesn't move. It's a stagnant offense. Yep. He he You're makes right. he makes things happen, man. 18-5-5 yeah, last right. night. And there, that's the reason that he was inserted into the starting lineup uh, in place of Symeer Torrance before the Wisconsin game. And mm-hmm. you, you saw it changed. The, the offense blossomed when he was out there. And I think the, you know, the Creighton game is a good example of this because um, DJ obviously was the leading scorer, 20 points, but he shot some threes, he got to the rim. But the, the play that makes DJ Carton dangerous for me uh, against the Creighton game, if our fans watched it, was... He drove when Marquette was making the comeback after going down 12. And he drove inside, looked like he was going to lay one up with his left hand because it's, it's his dominant hand, and he dished it underneath because two guys went with him and Theo John's wide open for the slam. So I remember that play. He's, he's got the dishing ability, and that's effective because he's so effective and explosive getting to the rim. He can do a little bit of everything, and he really is the driving force of this Marquette offense, and that's what Wojo brought him in to be. Well, he's a little bit taller than Marcus. He doesn't handle the ball like as well right now, and not as confidently at least, but he's going to get there. He's a lot faster than Marcus. He's got a quicker first step than Marcus. Yep. He doesn't shoot as well, obviously, but those things I think are, you have a chance to see those things blossom. For sure. There, there's a reason he's being tossed around as a potential lottery pick next year. It's because uh, he's got that type of upside. Who, who's saying that? A lot of people. Really? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. love that. I mean, I love... His, well, ste- his step back You love threes. it for him personally. You don't love it as a Marquette fan. You would love to have three more years the, of him. The Marquette. only reason I question it is because I, I was going to say that I think I think he's a guy that you're going to see a four-year player out of him. Mm-hmm. I think I think he's a guy that'll stay. Um, but again, I, I could be way wrong on my projection there. But his step back threes last night too. Yeah. I, it was just it's it's so it's such an artistic form. And I, I, I love I love that he can use both hands, finish with both hands. He takes dudes off the dribble. He's quick. And then he does things like that in the Wisconsin game where he's going to draw a charge with a second or get a blocking foul with a second left in the game. Just he's doing everything. He, he's the most important player on this offense right now. He's what's making things happen. And it's it's and again, no disrespect to Justin Lewis and Theo John, who were great in those first couple games. Yeah. But when, <laughs> when he's not on the floor, it's straight up painful. Yeah, the ball stops. You're right. Uh, Kobe it, McEwen handling the point. Yeah. Sorry. Pass. Yeah. It's not as fun. It's not as fun for sure. Um, the the last thing you know I'll say about DJ before we we transition into Wojo for our final segment here on Champion, uh, Championship Blue. Um, I, I'm happy that he's happy because he was not in a great place leaving Ohio State when he did last January and February and deciding to enter the transfer portal. And we talk about mental health as something that um, doesn't have the stigma around it anymore. I mean, it's it's something that we all have to focus on. And we all have loved ones and friends and family that have dealt with mental health issues. The fact that DJ Carton seems to be happy and seems to be thriving with this new Marquette family that he's found is the most important thing that I hope continues here at Marquette and it's only going to benefit on the floor but him taking care of the off the floor stuff and finding a place where he feels comfortable and happy is gigantic and you can feel it speaking with the kid like the couple of opportunities I've had to speak with DJ 
he's pleasant, he's personable, he's great, he sounds like he's in a good place, and that's that's all go- only going to mean positive stuff for Wojo and company and his teammates. Right, right. and I, I was going to say, say what you want about Wojciechowski and, you know, the team that has, you know, with two first-round exits and the struggles and the recruiting and letting the Housers and them leaving. Say what you want about Wojciechowski. One thing you can't call into question is his ability to recruit and build a team that is just family-centered. And, and to make Marquette feel like home. Uh, yeah. As it did for so many of us for four years when we were on campus. Like, every time I drive through campus still in Milwaukee, there's a part of it that still feels like home because— you think about the amount of time you spent on that mile-by-mile mile square rectangle in the course of four years. You, you, you live there. You, you did everything there. You ventured out very seldom. And I think Wojo has created <clears throat> this family atmosphere that made DJ feel the same way that so many of us did in our time at Marquette. Right, and, and DJ was originally recruited by Wojo, too. And I think that's what makes this a great fit. And you're right. You're just thrilled for the kid. You're thrilled that he's thriving. He's given an opportunity to start. He wasn't given that opportunity to Ohio State. He came in. We knew he could fill it up. And he's doing that now. And you got to love it. So now that we're praising Wojo, let's wrap up Championship Blue this week by praising Wojo a little more. So we are going to start by praising Steve Wojciechowski in this segment uh, to kind of wrap up the second podcast. And as someone who... You know, there have been a lot of times where I'm like, what are we running on offense here? Why are we letting the Housers run? There's been so many times where I've been like, is this guy really the answer? And, you know, it, it, he's done just, I got he's just done a phenomenal job. Like these, this, this year, especially getting a completely new team together. This is completely 100% his class. These are all his kids. Yep. And you see now two more top ten wins to add to his resume at Marquette. Yes. Yeah, so How t- many top ten wins do they have now? They they are they are they are getting them in. Like it, it's crazy. Yeah. So I mean, talk about the resume here because the the casual fan wants to just look at at postseason March results, right? And I, that's fair. Um, it's a fair critique of Wojo, and Wojo would be the first person to say, "Yo, we need to do you better." In February and March, and he, he it's not like he wants to lose, obviously. Right. Um, but. You can't pick bones at recruiting. You can't pick bones at the culture he's created within this Marquette program. And now you can't pick bones with resume-building victories in in the non-conference and even in conference play because they're stacking up in bunches. Yeah, and he's just proving to win in big-time conference games, like you just said. He now has two top 10 wins against Villanova, Mm -hmm. another top 10 win against Creighton, Mm You know, he beat number 19 Butler back in February last year. Yep. That was a big Marcus game. It's just, they're starting to add up. You're starting to see a team that's getting back on the map again after a few years of just like, ah, where are they? They're falling short. They're not a, you know, they're they're a middle of the half Big East team. You're starting to again see them put back on the map, and it's great. There are games we've forgotten about, too. Like, I, I think about two seasons ago, the Housers last season in Milwaukee, they beat two number 12 teams that year. Wisconsin was number 12 that year. Kansas State was number 12 that year. A Buffalo team that came into Pfizer Forum was a top 20 ranked team. I mean, they have, uh, Wojo's easily got double digit ranked victories in his time at Marquette. And the only thing missing from Wojo's resume is. March victories outside of the NIT. Yeah, and he really got robbed, I think, last year, and, and no fault of his own. It was the pandemic. I, 
There, you, you see this with teams in March a lot, and that's teams with good players and good offensive players usually tend to win at least a game or two in March. And I have no doubt Marquette would have won at least one game under Marcus Howard in March. I, I, I just think it was going to happen. They were on a, they, they struggled towards the end of the year again, which is something yeah. that you want to correct. But you're right, they, they are starting to add up. And you can't ignore it. And he's doing a good job. So the the last two seasons, obviously, and once again, Wojo would be the first person to say this, um, the, the results in February and March have not been up to snuff. They haven't been good enough. They lost six of their last seven last year leading into March before the pandemic came on and, and everything was canceled. Um, they're going to have an opportunity to redeem themselves this February and March because the, the rest of the Big East schedule was released earlier this week. Four of their last six games in Big East play will be on the road. So they've got some home games coming up. But from February 6th through March 6th, the last month of the season, which is where Marquette has struggled each of the last two years, February 6th is a home game against Creighton. That's going to be a battle. We saw them play Creighton and come up with a victory that was huge. Creighton's not going away. They're not going to fall apart just because Marquette beat them on their home floor. I expect that to be a ranked team. So home game against Creighton. They go on the road to Seton Hall, then to Butler. They come home to St. John's. Then they got to go to UConn and DePaul and then home to Xavier. Four of the last six are on the road. If you want to erase the stigma and erase the criticism about late season collapses, go on the road and win those basketball games and come storming into March ready to make a statement and the perception of the Wojo era will spin on a dime if he wins two games. Like, we're not that far off from Wojo being super well regarded by everybody. And he, I've loved Wojo the entire time he's been at Marquette, regardless of postseason results. I think he's been great for the program. He's embraced the university, embraced the city of Milwaukee. But I understand the portion of the fan base that wants to see more. It's not like we're that far off from him being super duper well regarded. Like, imagine this Marquette team with all the change winning two games in March and going to the Sweet 16. Bang. All of a sudden, the Wojo era is immediately back on the train tracks and full steam ahead. So we're not far off. It's just executing late in the season. They haven't done it the last two years. Yeah, and that's it's not, a, it's not like it's just as quickly as saying, like, oh, just win in March. Just win in February. It's that and you're easy. Good. Yeah, it's going to be hard. It is. It's going to be really, really hard. But if there's something that we saw from this win yesterday— it's that they can go on the road and win games. They can win big games. This is a mentally tough team. They're there. They're put together. Um, I have my. I still have my doubts. Like it's still really early. There's still some things with the. I don't know how I feel about the rest of the Big East. I really like Creighton as a team. I. I they have some of the best players in the country. Yep. Um, I think that they're still going to be a top three come the end of the year. Villanova is still the best team in Nova's the Big East. Be there. But hey, anything's possible at this point, and I and I think what we've seen, like you said, over the last couple of games here, this this is a team that can put it together. And it's kind of wide open after that. You're right. Like you're right. Cre- Creighton I, and Nova are easily the top two, but beyond that, Seton Hall has taken a step back, and you would expect that losing Miles Powell, but they're still going to be dangerous. Georgetown continues to scuffle along in the Patrick Ewing era. You don't know what you're going to get out of UConn in their first season back in the Big East, but that should be fun to have them around. Then you're looking at the St. John's and the DePaul's of the world. Butler is always dangerous, but it's going to be kind of a wide-open race, and Marquette's already got a win over one of the top two teams in the conference after one game. So is it wrong to think that they could be in the mix? 
for a Big East regular season championship with a month to go? No, it's not out of the realm of possibility if they play the way that they're capable of playing. Yeah, and I think we're missing one big thing, too, is the two teams have played one game or less in this conference, too. That's going to add in towards the end of the year. Like, should, should this team stay healthy and follow protocols? They're going to have a better opportunity. They're going to play more games. They're yep. going to have a better resume. They're, they, you're right. They could see a, a regular season Big East title. Because, again, DePaul's played no games this point. They haven't even touched She's the floor. crazy. They haven't even touched the floor yet. And then Butler's played one. So um, I like where this team is headed. I like, their, I like their overall makeup right now. I like the balanced attack. I like that they're defensive-minded. And Steve Wojciechowski's done a great job. And th- with this being his team, this is... This is his. This is his class, and he, you know what? It's gelling really well. It's it. It works great. He put together a winning team. He didn't flinch when he had guys transfer, adapt and overcome, and that's yep. a mindset that you need to have as a college coach. And I give him a lot of credit for that because totally. that can't be easy. As you should, and I think a lot of people should as well. It's been a fun first couple of weeks of the season. Looking ahead, our next pod will take place the week after Christmas. So look forward to another edition of Championship Blue at that point. We'll have a lot to recap at that point as well. Games against Seton Hall, Xavier, and yes, another top 10 opponent in Villanova coming up before the Christmas holiday. These games are always fun, man. Oh, they man. play they play Villanova so tough. Yeah. They, 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 Villanova is just, you know, they highlight so many great things. I can't wait to watch that one. It's going to be a lot of fun. We look forward to recapping all that stuff in a couple, couple weeks, Kev. Yeah, and before we uh, head out, one last thing. I, I just want to give my shouts to... Um, Florida's Keontae Johnson. Yep. Um, just an absolute horrible situation down there. Uh, my heart is with that program, uh, with him. Just I don't know if you saw the video, but just it's something brutal. that's just something that just catches us all off guard. And I, I know we're we're thinking about him here in Milwaukee. I know Marquette's program is thinking about him, and we're sending him the absolute best. So 100%. from here, from us as well. So hundred percent. And you know, obviously, you hope it's not related to to COVID nineteen because that could become a, a much bigger national story. But on a personal perspective, you just you hope that he pulls through and is okay going forward. And um, like you said, the best wishes from everybody at the Marquette uh, in the Marquette community in the Milwaukee uh, the Milwaukee community go out to him. For yeah, one hundred percent. Cool, guys. Thanks for tuning in. And by uh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have maybe been in contact with a couple guests. So we might be having our first guest on in a couple of weeks Stay after the tuned. holiday. We got a couple guys on the docket. So really looking forward to talking with you guys in a couple of weeks. Big East play. It'll really ramp up. Really can't wait to get things going. We're going to find out who this Marquette team is over the next two weeks. And I am excited. I am as well. Thanks for hanging out with us. Go Marquette. Party, step up in the party, high. Huh? We don't fight right up to the